0: You're now listening to the Better Off Dad Podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein.
1: Good morning, Cleveland! All right, in the spirit of the late Robin Williams, trying to prove I do know some very famous celebrities, uh, open up the uh, Better Off Dad Podcast. This is episode four. I am Matt, your co-host joined by... Tim,
0: your other co-host
1: here. Yeah, switch things up a little bit. I went first this time, just to make it nice and awkward. And uh, we are recording this quad pod on the very first day of August. Uh, today is the big 3-0 for my little sister Greta. Happy milestone birthday, Woo! G. Woo. Yeah. Um, you were not yet a legal drinker when I first met you, so it is not yet sunk in that you're joining our, you know, our 30-something crowd here. But uh, looking forward to celebrating your, um, helping celebrate your birth special day. Um, later on today, with some adult beverages at Bottlehouse Brewery and some burgers from Eugene. For the record, you're not
0: getting credit for knowing celebrities to name Robin Williams, who what died ten years ago or something. <laughs> now I, I'm getting <laughs> It's not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making that. I'm not marking that X a circle in your box now. Okay, like that's remaining. You're not getting the gold star.
1: Yeah, I hear you, Tim. That's a fair stance. I will say though that uh, Miss Doubtfire is responsible for one of the better dad movie quotes. I think it goes something like. Once the father of your children is out of the picture, the only solution is total and lifelong celibacy. Um, Though I in no way can say that in the Rob Williams voice. (laughs) Uh, congrats to Greta as well. I like to say 30
0: is the new 60 based on how I feel from day to day. That's especially true after our run this morning. Uh, but I think there's a little wiggle room there, so I hope you're doing well. Although a burger from Eugene's and a couple of those Meads from Bottlehouse won't exactly make you feel any younger. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah, that'll probably set us back a few years, but um, that's all right. Um, we would also like to uh, take this time to congratulate the Cleveland baseball team on the wise yeah. choice yeah. to uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, rename the franchise as the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, It's a uniquely Cleveland name that uh, pays homage to the uh, Art Deco statues that are located right outside the the stadium. Mm -hmm. And it properly reflects the city's uh, pride and loyalty and um, resiliency. And, you know, honestly, from a a parenting standpoint, the new name is going to make it a lot easier for us to uh, justify raising our kids to be invested in a team that hasn't won a a World Series in three quarters of a century. (laughs) Yeah, 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 whatever.
0: Properly reflects city's pride, loyalty, resilience. Fine. It was not my name of choice by any (laughs) means, certainly. I was 100% in on the Commodores. I thought Commodore Perry, like you get like a little boat out there shooting off cannon fire on every home run. I mean, that was me.
1: It's a cool idea. We already have a beer about him, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we already have a Guardians in town, too. The roller derby team, I learned after this came out as well. So Yeah, there's going to be some copyright issues going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but it is great. I, I, I do, um, in taking away the jokes here for a second, which is not my style, I wholeheartedly agree. Congrats to the franchise. It's been a long time coming, but you still have to give them credit for, for going ahead and going through um, with the name change. And... Um, Uh, The closest thing that America has to royalty, nonetheless, to deliver that message, Mr. Tom Hanks, in a really slickly produced type video, if you didn't see it, um, they have saved a bunch of parents from difficult conversations, uh, for sure, to explain why they're cheering for a team name called the Indians, uh, and I would like to personally extend a thanks to the franchise uh, for giving me that opportunity to avoid that conversation with my kid at one point.
1: Yeah, there's going to be plenty of awkward conversations with children down the road about a whole assortment of topics, so this is one less to worry about. And yeah, the, the combination of Tom Hanks and the Black Keys was pretty cool. Yes, Black Keys, Akron Akron born and bred. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a, a whirlwind couple of weeks here um, for, for both of us, for Tim mm-hmm. and I. Um, I know for... My family were both on the road. Uh, we took a kid's free trip to the New River Gorge National Park in Look West Virginia. You. Look at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fancy. Well, not not really. More rustic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um, we uh, we tent camped for three nights, um, which you know is basically the lodging equivalent of trying to get good sleep with little kids running around your house. Um, <laughs> it was a fun trip, though. Lots of hiking and uh, whitewater rafting. And uh, we stayed at a campground that was biking-themed. And featured uh, mountain bike trails and a beer garden and goats, which is a strange combination. They had a sign out front that said, bikes, beers, and goats, which I'd never seen before. Yeah, that's an interesting one. (laughs) Yeah, um, but actually, uh, Elise really enjoyed um, petting the goats. You could enter their their little um, fencing area and pet them. Did she do that before or after she was drinking? Little of both. But we made sure she washed her hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but thankfully no uh, no major injuries were sustained while rafting um, and we did get to see a uh, rattlesnake from a safe distance uh, while we were hiking. Uh, it was across a, a, a ridge a little way so you know, it wasn't in a, a dangerous way and so that was actually really cool and you know, all in all a memorable trip. But uh, what about you Tim?
0: Uh Well first I have, say, have I ever told you my beer garden story? I don't believe so. Uh, I'll, I'll shorten it for this. But um, when my wife and I got engaged, we got engaged in Europe and we went, one of the stops that we had on the trip was in Munich. And so we were going through the Englisher garden there, their big kind of like, you know, central park. Uh, or in Cleveland, it would be what we would have if they got rid of Burke Lake Front Airport and made a park there, you know, so. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, yeah. So we were walking around the park, they had this little beer garden in the middle of the park Beautiful little, like, isolated space. And it was more dogs than it was uh, people in the beer garden. It was probably like three or four people, but like seven or eight dogs. In it's this a nice place. ratio. Right. Yeah. And. <laughs> Uh, in the end, the the memory, you know, we're sitting there in, in Munich and this German guy is sitting there and he has this terribly behaved dog who just kept walking over to all the plates that people would set aside with their leftovers and like eating food off the plates or like knocking stuff over, trying to get to a pretzel that someone set aside. And so we're just sitting here, newly engaged, like staring into each other's eyes. And just every once in a while, you'd hear from the back of the room, nine, dina, nine, nine, dina. <laughs> guy screaming at his dog in the most german way possible but that's my that's my beer garden story how romantic <laughs>
1: <laughs> i thought there'd be some goats in there you know who needs
0: like florence or any of these italian cities for romance and you can go to munich and just they're eating pretzels with each other like lady in the tramp style just getting to the salty part in the middle that's really what love's about
1: i i, I look forward to the, those days uh, I, <laughs> I i too share the german heritage and uh, would, would love a, a german Uh, Munich beer garden experience let's book Um, it now you know while the
0: kids are young (laughs) Um, yeah so I I also was traveling not to Germany this time um, but while you were roughing it in Appalachia our family was headed to the second city Uh, we hopped the turnpike over to Chicago Uh, the Google Maps I would like them to add a with baby option that is my suggestion now they've got walking they've got driving they've got you know with transit they need like a baby option for transit now a five and a half hour drive took us uh, very near eight hours with um, traffic baby pit stops and everything all told um, so it was a bit of a rough trip on the way there, but uh, once we got there, we had a great time. Shout out to our friends, uh, Matt, Allie, and Theo. Um, we loved it. We stayed up in near uh Lincoln Square, made me really miss big city living. Matt and I have already talked about this. Don't worry, I'm not leaving. We don't have to do the podcast. Don't remote. you dare, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, my friends there actually introduced me to a super handy piece of traveling equipment that we have added to our collection, which is a blackout curtain that suction cups to the windows, so it can make your super light and air, you know, light and airy Airbnb that you look, you know, you thought it looked so cool on the, uh, on the advertisement, uh, like dark and dungeon-like environment that your child needs to get a good nap at 2 p.m. So it was, uh, it's definitely going to be a welcome addition to our, our itinerary.
1: Yeah, those uh, blackout curtains, that sounds like uh, dorm room living all over again. But uh, I do think your, uh, your idea about the with baby feature on a GPS is brilliant. I do think it should also come with a, a voice that tries to talk you out of uh, bringing baby on said trip. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just comes up with a disclaimer in the beginning, like, are you sure like, you yeah. want to do that? There's yeah. still time to change your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For that matter, maybe you could predict when you're like having a child and be like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Google random horrible things for you that we're going to be talking about when we're talking about. Actually, this is a great way to segue into our, our topic for this week, which is birth stories, right? That's right. Um, and our first interview as well also coming up. Um, so make sure you're staying tuned to that. Um, that's with Thomas Fletcher of Fletcher Studios. Um, Thomas is a, a stay-at-home dad with uh, two boys here in Lakewood, Ohio. Eight and ten, is that what he said? I ages think so. Wise? Yeah. We'll be proven right when you hear the interview that we've obviously <laughs> forgotten everything about that was pre-recorded. Uh, he's got a fascinating perspective, particularly his experience with um, raising a child who's on the autism spectrum. He talks about that, which is super interesting, and um, using his son's drawing as an inspiration for creating a VR game that he's developing. Um, or has developed and how it helps um, to each, both adults and kids alike in the concept of empathy. Um, So it's a really cool interview. Um, Honestly, I was just like, let's get our first interview in the bag. And then it turned out to be a great one. So now I feel like the
1: pressure's on. I don't know if you feel the same way. For sure, he set the bar high. Thomas was an absolute pleasure to chat with. Uh, He's so articulate that the thought even crossed my mind that perhaps he should be hosting a stay-at-home dad yeah. instead of me. Yeah. So uh, please consider this a standing offer, Thomas, and definitely looking forward to having him be the first guest segment on our pod.
0: You know, I thought you were joking with that line in this script, but uh, now that I heard you do the intro today, he might be right. I mean, Thomas, <laughs> if you're out there and you wanna come in. Um, he also has, uh, we're gonna be talking about our own birth stories here, and he has a story that, you know, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you don't have kids, um, and you're just, you know, a masochist or whatever, and you like to hear our voices, <laughs> Um, he's got a birth story that may convince you to never have children I think at that point it's that hair raising
1: it'll definitely raise the hair on the back of your neck so uh, look forward to that
0: yeah and Matt no one's coming into my attic on Sunday morning at 8am so Thomas isn't going to sign on to that so you're stuck with this co-hosting job I apologize
1: well damn
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) you really want to keep that explicit tag on these podcasts? I like that Uh, hey if you like what you hear today or if you don't leave us a review but maybe not as much on the second uh, half of that sentence Uh, helps our podcast get some notice follow us on instagram twitter and yes uh facebook as well better off dad pod we post dank memes there i posted a little indiana jones gif uh thing i hope they don't sue us for copyright infringement but i thought it was pretty funny
1: yeah i think everybody with kids can relate to that no matter how much (laughs) space you have anybody could use a warehouse for diapers i
0: just go to target and spend i don't know how many hundreds of dollars on diapers and everything else also those ready to made formula ready to eat formula packets clutch on our trip to chicago super helpful
1: yeah yeah we, we briefly toyed with some cloth diapers and it it just you know tries you might it just did not work yeah they we i <laughs>
0: going into having a kid i was like that sounds sustainable and lovely i'm really interested in that and then uh i've just been changing diapers ever since trying to keep up so it's i been... bet you're a pro at it now <laughs> yeah well i'm pretty good i don't want to say i can do it with my eyes closed and i wouldn't want to try but i <laughs> probably could. Um. Yeah, the only other thing, so we watched the U.S. Uh, women's national team defeat the Netherlands with uh, with Mara early Friday morning. That was pretty exciting. Uh, as you might expect, the phrase watched with her is doing a lot of heavy lifting with a nine-month-old. Uh, <laughs> but it was cool to watch this team with so many remarkable role models on it um, represent the country in the Olympics. Um, Mara did not get as excited, um, but uh, couldn't help but daydream a bit about my own kid's future and whether she'll get involved in in sports, grow a passion gear, what what we'll get into. Um, But trying not to get uh, too uh, worked up about that, uh, but she is in the 99th percentile. I'll probably reference that a couple times in this episode, and maybe you tell I, me she's tall, right? Yeah, yeah, she's pretty tall. 94th percentile <laughs> on weight too, so she's just big all around. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was cool to see that. The Olympics have been uh, have been exciting to watch when I've been able to catch some of that, even with the
1: kid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the only thing Lucy's in the 99th percentile for is, is head circumference. But,
0: <laughs> but hey, that's, that's something. Yeah. yeah. Big,
1: big brain on that, on yeah. that girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've really been enjoying uh, watching the Olympics for big fans. I, I do tend to favor the, the Winter Olympics due to my love for skiing. But um, we've been watching little five minute Olympic highlight reels on Netflix, uh, which is just right for uh, mine and Charlie's attention spans we found. Um, but now I'm a soccer player through and through and would love to see my kids participate in uh, Olympic soccer or even the, the World Cup someday. Uh, but as far as the Olympics go, assuming my kids have my inferior level of athletic talent, which I imagine <laughs> they will, then uh, their best chance at Olympic glory is to excel at obscure, you know, kind of niche sports like, you know, badminton or archery or canoe slalom or something real random like that. (laughs) Is canoe slalom an actual Olympic sport? I thought I saw it on the list, but I could be wrong.
0: I did see some people sharing on Twitter, like, this idea of if you wanted to be an Olympic athlete, but you're not talented in any way, like, what would be the easiest path to get in? Of course, that's the wrong question to ask on Twitter because anyone you pick, some fan of the canoe slalom comes out of the woodwork and they're like, actually I've been trading for hundreds of years to be <laughs> an expert in the canoe slalom. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this is actually a perfect transition to go into our headlines for the week. Um, as we were talking about the uh, Olympics, the big headline, of course, is uh, U.S. Olympic uh, gymnast and um, you know basically revolutionary for her support or her sport, uh, Simone Biles. Uh, her decision to drop out of the Tokyo Games and focus on her mental health. This, of course, has set off a number of reactions ranging from the vile, many vile, to incredibly supportive. Um, Matt, what was your take when you saw you know the
1: you know her coming out and saying what she was what she had decided to do? Some of the reaction, all that kind of stuff. You know, Tim, we're we're finally reaching a point where our society is beginning to recognize the importance of mental health and taking care of oneself. Uh, so kudos to Simone Biles for having the you know the courage to do what's best for herself, even in this you know face of intense and you know mostly unfair scrutiny. Um, you know, I, I do feel horrible for Simone, and the timing of her mental health woes is is really unfortunate. Um, not only because it's preventing her from pursuing further Olympic stardom, but it's also preventing you know the, that next in line prospective Olympian gymnast from making the trip to Tokyo you know which could have been the case had Simone experienced these issues um, a few weeks earlier so you know all in all it's you know kudos to her for you know bringing mental health to the forefront and you you just feel for her for what she's having to go through right now
0: yeah just an incredibly hard decision I'm sure I mean uh, anybody who's participated in any kind of an athletic pursuit or anything that where you're spending lots of time um to um anyone that you're spending lots of times of preparation to get ready for uh, some kind of event, like to right at the last minute feel like What's in the best interest for you is to not pursue the thing that you've wanted to pursue for years of your life is incredibly difficult, right? So, um, we wish the best to Miss Biles and um, to her haters. We wish the absolute worst. Uh, in terms of parenting, diapers, Matt, lots yeah, of diapers, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> dirty ones, dirty, horribly dirty <laughs> ones, yeah, and just terrible food that you're feeding your kid. Uh, <laughs> in terms of parenting, Matt, where this kind of really struck me, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording today, was. Um, approaching sports and activities with your kid, obviously with the focus on on mental health. And I think we're both a little early to be evaluating our children as Team USA material. 99th percentile though, so maybe. (laughs) Um, But the questions loom for a lot of parents. How hard do I push um, or even encourage my kid to go down a demanding path of athletics and to what end? You know, my personal experience, and no one's going to confuse me with an Olympic athlete for sure, but I grew up in a town that was very focused uh, on high school football. They did make a documentary about it and everything. So I think I've got, you know, I've got a little bit of room here to talk. And um, I I often reflect, you know, kind of the time that I spent on my life and focusing on, while beneficial, you know, athletics and competition and all the good things that sports teach you. Um, but what in the end was ultimately kind of a fleeting activity, right? I'm not in the NFL and making, you know, $20 million a year right now. And it makes me question how willing I will be to sponsor my kids full engagement with with a sport, even if she shows a high degree to aptitude, 99th percentile, and <laughs> maybe especially uh, if she's outrunning me or showing me up physically. I, I think it's just, you know, and I think too, usually kids i think at some point need a little bit of motivation and it's hard for them to stick with things so you want to be able to help them kind of push through stuff but you know how do you kind of how are you going to approach that with your kids do you have any kind of ideas about it? charlie's getting close to when he's going to start be getting into some you know like little kind of youth sports and stuff right
1: yeah charlie actually starts uh soccer organized he's been playing soccer with me for a while but he starts organized soccer in in, uh, the end of august here so coming right up but you know you're absolutely right, and t- Tim, when you bring up masculine football, it always makes me think of Friday Night Lights. I just assume that's what your childhood was. It was worse. Was like.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we we didn't have that dreamy coach that was uh, with us. What's that? Which uh, actor is that? I can't remember now. Oh yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, but. yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Back to the uh, Olivia Rodrigo
1: uh, yeah. like point last week. Yeah, but um, you know, to your point, it's it's such a bouncing act. I mean, we all grew up with coaches who you know told us to give it your all, leave everything on the field, mm-hmm. and then. You know, I don't know if you remember those um, that No Fear company those T-shirt slogans. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, You know, second place is first loser, <laughs> yeah. and you know all this macho stuff. And you know, I think we can rewrite that story a little bit for our kids. Um, you know, make it um, a little less pressurized. You know, I mean, still, you know, of course, you want your kids to to strive, um, to do well of mm-hmm. what they enjoy, but to not push them so hard. There's a um, there's a running facility in this area, and I don't want to name names here, but they have a slogan on the on the wall. That um, yeah, I've always thought it's inappropriate. It, it it goes something like, um, don't stop when it hurts. Stop when it's over. And that always just kind of struck me the wrong way. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and I get it. You want to, you know, there are times where you do want to push your body a little bit to see, you know, um, fitness wise or athletic wise what you can do. But, um, you know, I think with raising our kids, you you know, we certainly have to teach them that um, sports are fun. You know, if if you love them, that's great. But they're certainly not the end all be all. And there's many different other ways you can um. You know explore talents and you know enjoy everything life has to offer
0: you see the like the level of success you know and you know staying with the Olympics I think you can play this out with any professional sport and sort of the spoils that a career in professional sports will give you monetarily and with um, with fame and all that kind of stuff but Um, you know you look at the level of success that these Olympic athletes have achieved and it's incredible right but you also think of the dedication that they've have around their lives and you know again ultimately in the end where do you especially for an Olympic athlete I mean these are amateur athletes right and a lot of times isn't a place like 20 year olds yeah right and I did see someone share an image of Kurt Angle The WWE wrestler, when he won the gold medal, um, when he was in the Olympics, and it's like not every Olympic athlete goes on to make millions of dollars in some sort of professional sporting event and like everything else. Sometimes then they take that experience and then they go elsewhere. I did, I actually. I love katie ledecky i think katie ledecky is super cool right yeah incredible athlete it was so funny looking at her social media feed right now because the entire thing on twitter is just hashtag ad hashtag ad she's on like team reese's she's talking (laughs) every and good for her like i'm not i'm not admonishing her it's like she is like taking advantage of this moment in the spotlight for everything it's worth and i think clearly i think she's gonna have I'm sure she's gonna go on to do great things after her success is, is done in in athletic pursuits in the Olympics. But you do wonder how hard do you wanna push someone and how much of their life do you wanna like take up with, with a pursuit um, when where's it gonna to go to in the end? And I think as a parent, it's a difficult thing because like you said, you need to get pushed don't stop when it hurts. Stop when it's over. Right? right, and and the same thing internally for an athlete as well. So it's a it's a tough it's a tough line to, to dance on.
1: Yeah, and the same thing goes for podcasts, Tim. You don't <laughs> stop when it hurts. You stop when it's over. Yeah, um, which, whenever that may be. Yeah. But my favorite Olympics hurting our listeners, I think, <laughs> yeah. is the so really hurting their ears. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they can't tell us when to stop. <laughs> um, my favorite current Olympian um is matthew Della who is um, a basketball player for australia he also needs until, no introduction exactly yeah. yeah um you know up until recently of course was a long time cleveland cavalier and you know he's the guy who um you know back five six years ago uh in the nba playoffs you know he kind of emerged on the scene was um you know kind of a, a local rudy story of this this mm-hmm. this little guy who uh you know he, he took on some players who were way more talented than him he, he he gave it absolutely everything he had and then some. You and know, a little just, more, yeah. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Hustle. And he they had to um, pump
0: that back into him in the hospital later on. Yeah, <laughs> the, the
1: story goes that, you know, this guy would chug coffee before a game, chug coffee at, at halftime. He would keep up with, um, you know, these elite NBA players, you know, even though he had no business being on the court with them. And then after the game, he had to go to the, the ER and get hooked to an IV um, to recover. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, at the time when, you know, when the Cavs were pursuing a championship, I I thought that was a pr- pretty badass thing. Yeah, but I you know,
0: purchased a Delavidova story ba- or Delavidovi jersey based on those stories. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's uh it's pretty inspiring. But the thing is, you know, and you know, many props to to Mr. Delavidova. But once you have kids, you know, you kind of change your tune a little bit on these things. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, topic of conversation this week is just a little inconsequential one, and that's birth stories. Um, now we put we've the ex- all been there. Yeah, yeah. We put the explicit tag on the episode for last week, so I think we've shaken out any of the folks who are sitting here listening to the show with kids. But in case we haven't, I'm going to give you a second to find them a fun activity because we all know birth happens the moment the stork Picks your child from the cloud and spreads his <laughs> wings to fly from heaven down to earth. Then, when he spots you and your loving family from above, are we clear now? Are we, uh, you think everybody's, I think everybody's, everybody the, the everybody's, earmuffs everybody's, earmuffs are on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, as dads, uh, we've got a good nine months to prepare for a single moment in which we have normally, zero official duties, requirements, and responsibilities, and yet for many of us, uh, it can still be a pretty stressful, difficult, uh, but ultimately incredibly rewarding moment uh, of giving birth. Matt, you know, you've got a Delivery Story times two. Um, compare and contrast. What
1: stands out to you? Tim, it's certainly true that nothing, you know, no amount of classes or videos or graphic depictions from your friends. Yeah. Um, there are lots of those. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Can truly prepare you for witnessing uh, the birth of your your child. Uh, both of my kids were were born on a, a Tuesday morning at the same hospital, <laughs> and uh, you know, of course, both their births brought me tears of joy. Um, but honestly, that's where the comparisons ended. And what what stands out to me is how different the two experiences were. Um, Charlie was born, you know, during more normal times, um, where I'm not even convinced I I washed my hands before holding him for the gross. first time. Very gross. <laughs> he seems okay now. Yeah um but you know and of course then lucy was born during the height of a global pandemic where you know where masks were being worn um my in-laws were in the room for us with us when uh for charlie's birth uh whereas uh for lucy's birth um at least not we're the only ones present you know so um and honestly it, it worked out great having the in-laws i they were really supportive and, and made it easier but you know are course- they
0: listening to the podcast normally can i make up in-laws joke or what's the deal Maybe and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I don't even have a good one, so I'll, I'll just I'll take a pass. You work on that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know, but you know, of course, with with Lucy, um, you weren't allowed to have any guests, so it was just Lisa mm-hmm. and I. Which by that time we knew, knew the ropes a little bit, so it worked out. Um, you know, for Lucy, we we already knew the gender, and it wasn't really a surprise. But with Charlie, uh, not only was the gender surprise, we had waited that time. Um, But the doctors quickly whisked him away to be checked out um, when he was born. So we waited for several extra minutes in suspense uh, before um, uh, one of the medical interns uh, finally answered my questions by shouting, boy. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then, um, you know, I played mostly a cheerleader role for Charlie's birth. uh, But then whereas for Lucy's birth, um, the doctor at the time convinced me to step in and uh, pull her head out and essentially deliver my own child. So... Uh, yeah. Very different experiences all around. Yeah, I will. I
0: will go ahead and intercede partially in in your story here and say, yeah, I don't. I don't even know what I would do in a normal birth time for us right now because Mar-, Mar was born in, you know, October of 2020. Uh, So that was, you know, not height of the pandemic, but still a really bad time. Yeah. No visitors, obviously, and everything else. So it was just us. And yeah, I don't know what I would do if I had to also be a human being that was engaging adults around the time that I was... Learning how to be a parent and everything else—it seems that seems like a bridge too far for me at this point. I'm like, how do people even do that?
1: Yeah, there there is some silver lining to just having it be you and your spouse and all the you know outside you know loved ones, but all all the noise being cut off for you know a brief moment while that that uh, special time happens. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to get silly here for a minute um, and tell oh, a little story. You to start now? Is yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to turn on the silly switch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one of my favorite stories about Charlie's birth is that uh, the aforementioned Cleveland baseball team, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were really good in the fall of 2017 um, when Charlie was born and they were favored to win it all. Um, that September, um, as you may recall, Tim, they had set a, a baseball record by winning 21 straight games. Uh, they finished the regular season with 102 wins. I know that because um we went to win number one o one and have this picture of uh where I'm, I'm holding a, a sign that says one hundred and one and at least has this humongous um belly that has a um a, sh- a baseball on the shirt so the baseball is the belly yeah um, hopefully she won't mind me maybe i should use a word other than humongous it was it was a large beautiful a very large beautiful pregnant mm-hmm. belly. yes yeah yeah um, you know this was you know
0: weeks before birth god like, you're gonna be sleeping in the attic tonight aren't you
1: yeah or whenever she listens yeah. to right this. <laughs> a couple months from
0: now yeah. <laughs> maybe a couple of years if you're lucky
1: she told me she has a backlog of our pod she uh-huh. hasn't listened to yet <laughs> but Maybe she should keep See how keep long that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not that
0: good. You shouldn't take the time to listen. Yeah, why bother? Yeah. You know,
1: it's, it's all stuff you've already heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, you know, Charlie's due date was set for game six of the World Series that year. So I had legit fantasized about him being born on the day that the future Cleveland Guardians broke a 70-year championship drought. You know, and as such, I was genuinely disappointed uh, when the team kind of crashed and burned and got uh, upset really early in the playoffs that year. <laughs> Um, you know, more disappointed than I w- would be normally as a sports fan. Mm-hmm. But as it turned out, my dreams of Charlie being born on an extra special day were in no way dashed. Um, instead, he ended up being a Halloween baby, uh, born on arguably the coolest holiday of the year. Uh, we went to the hospital on October 30th, and for a while that day, I jokingly asked Elise to, you know, just tap the brakes a little bit, you know, just to make sure he wasn't born too soon. Too, too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it turned out, I had nothing to worry about, and he was born, you know, shortly before noon on October 31st. So... You know, no World Series championship, but um, you know, trick or treating on your birthday every year is uh, not too shabby as a consolation prize. If he's not a baseball fan, it's
0: not even gonna matter, and everybody loves candy. Right? Yeah, it's it, it's a win. You yeah, know, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, so for on my end, uh, we had a pretty sm- super smooth birth. Like I was actually trying to figure out what sort of first world problems I could bring into our birth story here <laughs> for for ourselves. Um, and I think I came up with one. Um. Which kind of focuses around. So, my wife decided um, uh, to get an epidural. I know you're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and I will echo, I will steal your thunder and say, full disclosure, no regrets, 10 out of 10, would do again um, to each their own, but it was helpful uh, uh, for her. And that's the decision that she made. Um, but, um, you know, when they, I, I don't know about you, but when they when they begin that process to put that needle in, First off, our nurse was super, you know, like, just let me know when you just give me a heads up. I'll, you know, start the process and get everything going. But they usher you out of the room. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's like one of those like comically sized like needles that they had in like cartoons or something that they're going to like puncture in. Um, But you get ushered out of the room, right? They start the IV drip. Um, Or maybe they just got one look at me and they were like, this guy cannot handle needles, you know? And they were like, we got to get him out of here.
1: I was going to say, Tim, I I was in the room both times and it's the largest needle
0: I've ever seen. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad they took me out because I (laughs) probably would have fainted. Knock over something valuable. (laughs) They Uh, didn't need you to be a liability here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) they were like, this guys he's not going to last. But so in the end, so my wife got the procedure done. um, But once it should have started kicking in, she did not, it was... uh, only half of her body was numb, so there was an issue with how the catheter was put in. Um, and so there are a number of things that they you can a doctor can do to fix this, right? They can like, and it's the most non-scientific things in the world. It's like turn over because the chemical goes down you in like gravity, gravity. right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> wiggle the catheter a little bit. Like there's all these like weird things that they do, but the the problem is that every time that they try it. want to see if something worked right so they take a more fast acting um painkiller numbing agent and they shoot it down the line so Mm. every time they did that it was just pumping more and more numbing agent into the side of the of my wife's body that was actually working and getting numb so by the time they actually fixed it four or five like little fixes later the side like i think it was the right side of her body was like is that my leg that you're lifting up right now like ultra numb um could not feel her leg at all it she really did have one of those moments where they were like moving her around a little bit and she got sick to her stomach because it was like her leg was detached from her body like she had no idea it was there um not the optimal level of pain release and numbness to give birth but um my wife is a trooper and she managed um just the same so you know kind of what's my takeaway from all this as we start to get to a little bit into giving some advice here uh absolutely nothing it's just a <laughs> uh, it's just sorry uh it's just a potential horror story that could happen to you and keep in mind in the end there's no constructive criticism or <laughs> constructive fees uh,
1: off of this it's just a terrible thing that can possibly happen well then I'll step in and give some advice Tim. Okay that's that? good yeah thank you for <laughs> saving us from that um yeah cuz we know so much about this topic. we, yeah, should, we should have yeah, our wives man. here filling yeah, in on yeah, this. By the way, exactly. I'm but, sure they'd love um, to do it. From a father's standpoint, a few pieces of advice for expectant fathers preparing for birth: um, be ready for a marathon session. Um, on average, labor lasts eight hours for women having their first baby, and you know, honestly, I believe both of ours were north of that. So you know, um, pack things to plan to stay a while. You know, uh, bring some your phone charger, snacks, toothpaste, etc. Um, and don't get too attached to any particular nurse or doctor because. Um, by the time it's um, go time and you're ready to go, your their shift will probably end, and you'll be on to the next. So, you know, they're all great people within our hospital systems, but you tend to get attached, and then they, they go home and get some rest, and you're still waiting for uh, for the, the time to give birth.
0: I'll contradict your advice hundred percent. Actually, I we had we had a pretty quick um, we had a pretty quick labor, but um, I would say that totally agree. Obviously, prepare to stay a while. You know, read all the blogs and articles you can about packing a super long charging cable for your phone and books and snacks and all that kind of stuff. Like those kinds of things are really great. Um, My wife had some special kinds of like um, uh, apparel kind of stuff that, that she came in with instead of wearing the, you know, like the, hospital gown that they make out of that scott toilet paper i think that's like <laughs> one ply thin and feels like you know yeah. s- like tree bark feels on like you feels like
1: you're wearing nothing at yeah, all yeah yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. it's the most comfortable thing in the world um and those weird socks that they try to stick you with at the yeah. end like the stick socks at least took
1: those home and wanted to keep them i'm, I'm like why would you want those things? i was like jillian you're gonna keep these these are nice socks
0: and she was like no why would i do that <laughs> disgusting And i was like well I, I guess that's true um but we had a pretty quick labor but still all the prep work I think was great and we also um the flip side of like don't get too attached to person is that we got super attached to our nurse and it was great because she was there for the birth and you know it was like one of those weird things like small world like she lived in a neighborhood near us when we were in New York and you could share stories there and like all that kind of stuff so and in the end you know, you look at the birth certificate and because of the way the birth certificate is written, their name is on, you know, the attending nurse or whatever it is, their name is on the birth certificate. So you have these kinds of memories. I guess it's the same thing that people, the same kind of advice people tell you with, your wedding or anything else it's like make sure you take a second to kind of look around and take in the moment a little bit and get to know these people that are a part of your you know kind of special moment um because you know like you said they're great people who work in this hospital system that are so committed to making sure that you're happy and healthy and everything else and it's just nice to have that moment with them and to kind of you know fill out those memories i think with the people around you
1: yeah, well, and Tim, I, I appreciate that you contradicted me because actually someone told me the other day that they, they like our pod, but they, they wish that we disagreed more often. So <laughs> well, here we'll, we go. We'll have to work on yeah. that, you know. Put Children are terrible. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> but um, that, that is cool that, you know, you had a, a good experience with... Uh, a nurse, um, and we're able then to have that person see it through. And mm-hmm. the fact her name is Brittany is even better. I feel like when they their shift did end, you could you could say that the free Brittany movement started. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as other advice, um, I know you talked a little bit about epidurals, but um, you know the epidural decision is ultimately up to your spouse. Um, but we learned that for us that um, an epidural was our best friend, mm-hmm. um, and it made at least so much more comfortable. And as a partner, um, there's really nothing worse than that feeling of being helpless as you watch your, your spouse experience pain so you know i was really grateful that ultimately she she went that route mm-hmm. um you know so again that's your spouse's choice but if if they ask your opinion or you know want want some some guidance you know i, I think that um that would certainly be my suggestion to, uh, to i w- consider that option <laughs> i would just ask them to do both of you you know just like <laughs> Just wake me up when it's over. What's
0: the two-for-one deal on <laughs> yeah. this thing? You know, can you just like pop that in? There's
1: got to be a discount somewhere there.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, it just goes on the insurance form anyway. <laughs> like, who they don't care. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say, and I don't want to like make this sound like I'm downplaying the moment that my child was born. Nothing could be further from the truth. But I do think there's this like hyper focus on the moment of delivery, right? Like when your baby comes out and it's sort of like this... B.C. to A.D. kind of thing, like right when your kid's born, but um, the just in the hospital, forget like when you go home and you kind of figure out everything with your kid then, the hours and days you spend with um, your new child and your spouse or any family that comes in and you know, kind of post-COVID times here or pre-COVID times, um, recovering and getting to know each other and understand how you can deal with the kid, um, that is like a very indescribable, and I would say at this point, um, Moment that I don't even remember because I think my body and mind has scabbed over it so quickly to make me forget. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right. Um, And I think if you're, look, it's impossible um, to not be focused on that on that moment. But to continue the baseball analogy, you know, you don't want to like, you don't want to like, forget about game one of the World Series, but you want to be thinking about, you know, game six and game seven at the same time too. And I think remembering that they're gonna have this kind of moment together where you're learning how to be parents for the first time. It's really kind of a it's a once in a lifetime kind of experience or twice in a lifetime or three times however many times you have kids but it's a really unique moment and I think kind of remembering that you're going to have that experience after birth is an important thing to just kind of keep in mind mentally and I think it's something that you know if we have another kid that I'll be kind of thinking about ahead like what's that going to be how do I want to be you know thinking about myself and
1: everything else for that. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to work on disagreeing with you more, Tim, but I, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Um. <laughs> Just pretend, okay? <laughs> Just say, like, I went to the
0: bar after my kid was born. I saw Elise when she got home a couple yeah. days later. <laughs> uh. yeah, in,
1: in between segments, uh, Tim and I are actually bickering like uh, an old married couple, <laughs> yeah. but we know we... We put on the good face for the actual pod.
0: It's getting bad. If you ever hear a domestic violence called called to my house, it's not my wife and I. It's Matt and I. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> uh, okay, coming up. Is um,
1: my wife. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. a little bit more. One more. You got um, more. Yeah. So, um, one more piece of advice, and, and probably the most important I have to offer, is just to be supportive to your to your partner. You know, she's the one doing all of the work, and and she needs your help. You know, hold her hand, uh, help her time the contractions, uh, coach her through breathing, uh, walk with her through the hospital hallway you know, tell her that she's doing an amazing job and, you know, don't forget to take some photos to commemorate the, the special moment, you know, but I think that that's the one thing is just, you know, your partner's doing all the work and be supportive of them. Um, now, Tim, you know, before we move on, I, I think we, we we talked briefly about how there's this point in time after a child is born where you're kind of stuck twiddling your thumbs. Can you elaborate on that?
0: Uh, yeah, man. I mean, like there's, there's weird moments in the hospital immediately after you're born for sure, 100%. They're like, you know helping your wife uh get together after she's given birth and you're just sitting there with like you talked about it too like they take your kid off they're helping the kid you're t- helping your kid out they're like helping your wife out and you're just sitting there like it seems like the wrong time to check into my fantasy football team and (laughs) like i can't slide headphones in and pulling out a book would be weird so you're just like (laughs) sitting bedside
1: like you uh, you guys know any good places to eat around here or oh okay i don't really know what to do yeah i same same experience there was definitely this moment especially when charlie was born where um, both charlie and elise were being tended to by by dr doctors on opposite sides of the same room and I'm standing in the middle of the room you know kind of keeping an eye on both situations but really not knowing you know okay am I in the way you know yeah. should I just stand here <laughs> should I, just should I should... fall to the floor in a ball yeah, and like should... yeah, disappear God forbid I offer a helping hand to either situation yeah. <laughs> and it you know, it's it's a strange scenario, you know, you're, you're helpless and you're euphoric all at once. Yeah. Do you guys need anybody to pick up all those bloody cloths over there and
0: throw them in the trash? I'm just trying to be helpful over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, you mean to take the catheter out for the uh, epidural or what do, you, what do you want me to do? Uh, all right. Uh, and also, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, totally disagree with you, don't support your wife at all there. Are you guys happy? Okay. So, coming up, part one of our interview with Thomas Fletcher, stay tuned. Thomas, welcome to the the Better Off Dad podcast. Our first guest. Congratulations on on whatever that means for <laughs> for, for, for us in the background. I'll set the, the bar way. so low, everyone else will have a, yeah. an easy time of it. And we appreciate that. If you could just mumble and stutter under your breath for the next forty five minutes, that would be awesome. You know,
2: I'm <laughs> work, really
0: good at the ums and ahs. Yeah. Really good. Welcome good. to the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Matt has given me a short introduction of you. I know that you used to live in New York. So did I. I know that you are a home brewer. I don't know if you're a practicing one or a defunct one, but, but so am I. So the, the main point of this, I guess, is to talk about fatherhood, but we have so many things in common to discuss. I don't really know where, where to start, but I'd love for you to give a little bit of background on, on yourself and who you are here to, to kind of kick us off. All right. Well, hi, I'm Thomas. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I've been
2: a stay-at-home dad since 2011. I've got two boys, 8 and 10, and I've literally taken them from diapers to uh, preschool all the way up until, oh my goodness, we're going into fifth grade and third grade. So keep uh, on this pace. I'll I'll be kind of using
1: my cane and wheelchair to to help them to college too. So (laughs) <laughs> uh thomas you know it's so great to see you hear your voice um thank you for having a beer as i am i'm gonna call out tim i don't think he's having one but... i i i was just cooking and i had one while i was cooking and i might jump back into <laughs> Fair it enough. we'll let you off the hook but so, i'm admittedly not a much of a gamer thomas but this this idea of empathy a word that really hasn't come up much in our pod yet but you know is something we all strive for and especially in parenthood um it's really really rings true and um you know for all of us and something that It definitely you know hits nerve for me but uh, anyways take us back to the beginning so it's 2011 you become a stay-at-home dad um, you the trials and tribulations Uh, take us through uh, the early days you know how you've evolved in your stay-at-home parenthood certainly well when our son was born and we looked at the
2: numbers you know you know that my wife and I were working for the same company she was a manager at the time so she had the better paycheck and she obviously had the longer tenure. When we ran the numbers, if I had stayed working, it simply would have been, I'm working just to pay for childcare. And since our relationship had had been always that I'm the cook, it made more sense for me to, to stay home mm-hmm. and, and, and take care of those things. So when we started, uh, a very kind of interesting anecdote was that uh, we had been nursing the entire time we had to go to uh, pumping and storing bottles and freezing milk and all that sort of stuff. There was a, a moment where we had to test whether or not kiddo was going to actually accept the bottle and okay, well, I sat down with him by myself. So you know, there wouldn't be any mommy influence. And he would say, I prefer that. than Then a little get. of a
0: perfume around your
2: neck or something. <laughs> <laughs> Smell like mom, rub the t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he took to it like a champ. And I think it, it made my wife a little sad because oh, I could be replaced by a machine that goes. <laughs>
1: so
2: but she went back to work. And it was a little bit of a surprise, I think, to to the people at the old job that they were expecting that she would have uh quit and I would have uh gone back to work. But for the longest time, as as parents um to 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 the newer kids, you you know it's just a constant sleep when you can sleep when the baby sleeps get up get to the next thing and the days do blend together but after a while okay the, the the weather started getting warmer and all right we've got a stroller here let's get outside let's get some fresh air and um you know i just started putting on the miles it was uh fairly liberating for us to just wander around and when i think about those days it seems so scary because we're so used to you know masks and lockdowns and we don't go into public places but here i was just walking a kid around in the stroller so yeah we would just walk the city streets and i love lakewood because we have so much walkable spaces Mm -hmm. um we we would just wander a different path every day and just see you know who's over here what's going on over here over on a couple of streets down from us, there's an amazing woman who landscaped her yard. She's got a nice rolling waterfall and all kinds of exotic plants. And there's little miniatures in this little rolling stream that she's got. We would just go sit there for almost an hour just watching that. It was so peaceful. And uh, <laughs> my wife reminded me of this too. In my my journeys, people got to see me and and noticed that, that I was doing this thing with my kid. Little old man stopped me one day and he says i seen you walk around all the time i just had to tell you you're a good dad <laughs> i'm gonna give you a hug you're so awesome can you like tell that to my why can i record this <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a shame because i i, I haven't seen the gentleman since i, I just remember he was older you know, he had one of those walkers with the little four tennis balls on the bottom and he was always dressed in impeccably in a suit. And he was, you know, certainly that old school generation. It just it, it made my month yeah. that somebody <laughs> acknowledged. What I found is interesting. And I don't know if you guys are all over the Internet as much as I am, but certainly there's like stay at home it on Reddit and there's other forums where uh, the stay at home dads can kind of congregate. A lot of times there's the these, you know, I'm getting reactions from people that are bad experiences like, oh, you know, it must be mom's day off or something, or people react negatively. I've never had that experience. Yeah. I've been so lucky that everyone in my family and everyone that I've encountered on the street has just been, that's cool. And I'm ever so grateful for that because I, I'm not sure how I would handle somebody just saying oh i'm i'm pinch hitting for mom today yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure that i would uh, uh be all too receptive to to being told oh you should just be wearing a dress and you know get to get dinner all on one so i'm not sure i would handle being teased like that very well.
0: yeah it's i i would i agree with you i don't think i've gotten i i i've tried to think like when I decided that I was going to be a stay at home dad, I think all the reactions were positive. Maybe they were lying to my face, but they, you know, everyone's like, I I remember, I remember one of my coworkers who I, I was particularly kind of worried about what the response was going to be. And he just said, that's the best job you're ever going to have. That's the, that's the best thing you're ever going to do. And I, I do think I don't know if it's a change in people's attitudes recently or or what that is, but I agree. I do think the the worst comments I get, and you never know, people are just trying to make conversation in public, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't they, and and they're they're just trying to figure out like you know what's the situation that I'm seeing with my eyes. There's a there's a man coming with a baby. I'm gonna try to like cuff this and see what's going on. I I, I do get the occasional like oh it must be mom's like day off today or dad's taking over from mm-hmm. mom today, huh? And it's like. I get, you know, people live in cultural norms. They have to like, you know, we have to define things and they exist like that. So the small talky kind of things like that, like I I get that too. We, Matt and I have talked about this. This needs to be a future episode too at some point because I get, I've had to, like, I've had to uh, like live action role play that my daughter is a boy because I get that all the time too because she's, <laughs> 10 months and her hair isn't long and like, Sometimes she's out in a green onesie and that's, that's, it's, it's very gender neutral, right? But, um, you know, I think people, people often just, you know, they, they exist in these kind of, um, uh, rote kind of normal things that they expect and they, they try to react with that kind of stuff. But the outright negative things like, yeah, I would agree. I don't get that stuff at all, which is refreshing because I don't know how I, I would deal with it as well. Um, <laughs> Matt teased one story that I'm interested in. That I believe that there is a plaque somewhere on your house for something that uh, <laughs> that was around with one of your kids. But I have not heard this story yet, and I'm I am fascinated. If you're comfortable sharing, Thomas, if you're comfortable oh, sharing,
2: totally fine. Uh, yesterday, when we were at the park, the whole family, since the the wife's taking a couple of weeks off, she was relating this story. So second kiddo comes along, and we're we're obviously building up anticipation for that. Our, our first kid was a pretty typical labor, eight hours, we're at the hospital, our doula comes in and she brings me coffee and whatnot, so we're expecting the same. Uh, we had a church function that day, and they had uh, stuffed cabbages and pierogies and all kinds of good, you know, filling foods, and a few hours later, eh, wife's feeling like, huh, oh, yeah, I think I, I got a little agita from, from the, the food at church today, okay so uh, a couple of hours later my water broke oh okay call up the the mother-in-law who's coming to watch son number one
0: and said okay water broke come on down you Get your on plan here. everything's everything's like well we got we got it we we yeah. got plan a5 for that we're fine yeah
2: yeah we're we're waiting for, for grandma to get here i'll just drive the wife over to the hospital and uh well we'll get this baby out she goes up to to the use of the the bathroom, and I'm hearing sounds, and it doesn't sound good. And you okay, hun? <laughs> I'm okay, I think. And ab- about twenty minutes after that, she's coming down the stairs on her hands and knees, and I can tell this is not not going well. So I'm using a. We're we're very big on not just throwing away technology because there's something newer and better. I'm using an old flip phone and it doesn't hold much of a charge. So I have to stand there with it plugged into the wall. And I'm calling 911 saying, uh, Yeah, I think we kind of need uh, an ambulance. My uh, wife's giving birth. And yeah, the lady's absolute helpful. You have to be there if she needs to start pushing. And all of a sudden, my wife is saying, The baby's out, the baby's out, the baby's out. You know what my address is? get here quick. So, yeah. I I'm helping my wife the umbilical cord was around his neck so we're trying to get that off, put her up, you know, up on put the baby up on the chest and that sort of thing and there's part of my brain that it's holy shit, we just delivered a kid on my stairs <laughs> to the kitchen. We have like the stairs that come down and it branches off in two directions, one into the kitchen, one into the living room, and he's born right there on the landing. Uh the the Ambulance knocks, they come on in. We do the whole cutting of the cord thing. And as we're kind of wandering around, we're all laughing and joking and whatnot. My mother-in-law comes in and her <laughs> hands are shaking because she just drove from from uh, Medina and has no clue what's going on because she pulls down our block, <laughs> there's an ambulance there, the lights are flashing. Oh
0: god, what she must have been thinking. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And I'm just like, oh hey, mom, here, you want <laughs> to hold your grandson? She's <laughs> to take this little baby. I'm like, okay, carefully. Oh, yeah. So um and my my wife really liked the name Seth. I kind of named our first one Nathan. So I said Seth it is no problem. So after all the dust settled, and it's an interesting thing to find out if it's a home birth, you have to go to like the county recorder in order to get the paperwork filled out. If if you have a birth anywhere other than the hospital, like even out on the front lawn of the hospital, you still have to do this paperwork thing. So we decided that we had to commemorate the whole thing. So we got a little brass plaque that says Seth's Landing established 2013 <laughs> and it's right there at the bottom step. And it's probably the reason why we cannot move out of our little Lakewood starter home now because
0: the <laughs> kid was born here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to be audio only eventually. So no one will be able to see my jaw like dropping out of frame as you're telling that story. Your wife was like, the baby's out, the baby's out. You reacted in a way. Well, I'm. I'm sure it was a nervous way to talk to the 911 person, but in a much better way that I think, I don't know if words would have been coming out of my mouth at that point. That is your wife labored a baby out after the pierogies must've been delicious.
1: I do like what. Was the- <laughs> <laughs> at that point, like. What a Cleveland pre-birth meal. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the thing was, uh, there's a
2: part of the brain that's panicked. Every time that there's an emergency, there's just, part of my brain that is yes having an absolute meltdown i just want to like shrink into a pile and cry but then there's another part that's like a little drill sergeant in the back of my head that just says get up now and <laughs> you just do um fortunately my wife is also on the money because i'm sitting there worried about the baby she's the one pointing out yeah get the umbilical off of his neck oh yeah hey okay good idea yeah
0: that's not great well, Yeah, we make such a good team as she sees the stuff that i don't and hopefully i do the same for her you and I'd love so my post birth situation was us sleepless in a hospital for like you know two and a half days or or whatever like that. Did you guys did you guys go to a hospital after that to kind of get everything checked out? Like what 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 is, is it like homeschooling where you're like okay now you're gonna learn like long division <laughs> something like you just set your own situations. Like how does yeah, that work?
2: After after the uh the the EMTs got here uh we we cut the cord and uh, yeah, they loaded us into the the ambulance. We went over to the hospital. They checked us out. Our um, my wife's OB was there and like, oh, well, you had an interesting evening, I see. And of course, they checked the baby over, check mom over. You know, pull the placenta out and all that gross stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah,
0: yeah, I'll be <laughs> there. Does the hospital have a bar? Where is that? I uh... <laughs> exactly. <Yeah.
2: laughs> Uh, certainly far cry from the days where we'd be in the the, the waiting room like pounding down cigarettes and, yeah yeah you know, smoking out the place.
0: yeah yeah that's changed a little bit yeah um wow that is uh i love
1: a story yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um it,
2: it it certainly we we even got uh because my brother-in-law is a lawyer he was able to contact the uh the city police department and get the recording of my call to 911. So we've got that floating around on a CD somewhere. And my wife, who loves video editing, she's been making videos, well, she was making videos of our kids. For each year, we'd kind of commemorate a birthday video with the, the year's achievements and whatnot. So his very first one started off with that phone call and then camera fade in and boom.
0: She's gonna have like she send that off to you know, like I don't like uh, it's not America's funniest home videos. I'm trying to figure out what the outline (laughs) for that. I mean, that's that's some high quality material, something inspirational, yeah. Hey guys, it's Tim. I'm sitting here editing the podcast. That is authentic baby monitor sound machine sound going on in the background. Uh, That's part one of the Thomas Fletcher interview. Make sure you stick around. Uh, Part two is coming up next week uh, for next episode. So uh, a lot of great stuff, including uh, Thomas's experience creating a virtual reality game based on his child's drawings. You're not going to want to miss it. It's great stuff.
1: All right, it is time for what's new kiddo. And this segment of what's new kiddo is uh, brought to you by Tommy's Pastries. Speaking of something that's not new kiddo is Tommy's has been around Lakewood for uh, several decades. It's a um, terrific ethnic um, bakery featuring croissants, strudels, biscuits, and more. Uh, It's on Madison Avenue, right in the heart of Lakewood, by Lakewood High School. So for all your baking needs, please visit Tommy's.
0: Yeah, I had. We got the raspberry and cheese, apricot and cheese, and don't overlook, don't sleep on the almond pastry that they have there. That's really good. And also a new one today, apple butter cake, um, which was great. Uh, Great. I did. I did speak to Tommy once, and he offered the uh, secret. He asked me if I wanted the secret to his recipe. I said, of course, and he said, well, we had butter and butter and butter, and that was his... <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was that was his secret recipe, so no, I, that's, a, that's a great little spot. We did get some pastries there this morning. That's how I bribed Matt to come over here at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning uh, to go for a run and then go do a podcast is coffee and pastries, so it works.
1: Yeah, I think Tommy's on to something with this secret recipe, but yeah, great pastries, really enjoyed them. This butter um,
0: thing is catching on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyway, today um, I want to talk about Charlie-isms, and by that I mean, insert Tyler name here, isms, which mm-hmm. is to say the funny shit your kids say that become part of your family's everyday vernacular. So thanks to Charlie, my family now says, time to put on your sunscreen, and there goes a dumping truck. Yeah. And be careful dumping on that trampoline. God, your kid's so dumb dumping truck. That's not, that's not their that one's really stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's listen to some reggae music. Uh-huh. So now unfortunately for every one of these Charlie isms that is now part of our long-term family vocabulary, there are probably twenty more that have long since been forgotten. So Tim, um, you know, I urge you to write down and document as many Mara isms as you possibly can when the time comes and I pledge to do the same thing for Lucy.
0: That is super cute, we're gonna have to have like a recurring what's new kiddo segment on the shit our kids say, for yeah. sure. Um, I would say um, my little brother um, instead of girl said grill, which is always comes up stuck, when we're huh? cooking. Yeah, yeah, nice. now. And um, to, speaking of sticking, um, I have an older brother, his name is Chris, uh, and I would mention that when I was a kid I had trouble with the letter C, so I often pronounce it much closer to a T sound um so this was particularly unfortunate for chris who i called chrissy and instead of it being chrissy it came out as titty. And you will often hear my brother referred to as titifer at uh, family functions to his face, which I'm sure he really appreciates uh, to this day. So these things will stick, children. If you want to be vindictive kids, like just come up with a really bad nickname for somebody and it'll stick.
1: I was going to say, part of me half-wonders if you were faking this um, pronunciation (laughs) mishap just to uh, give him a long-term nickname? I'm definitely that way now, but I'm not sure
0: I was that twisted when I was that. I don't think I was born that way you know (laughs) i think i had to learn this level of uh this level of horrible uh attitude that i have now um yeah our our new thing is we fully entered the world of crawling here in our household an army crawl has taken hold uh and nothing is safe uh it's almost laughable for us to think that there used to be a moment where you'd be like oh i'll just set her down in this room and i'll go over and use the restroom for a second now it's like she ends up halfway across the room um we're also already struggling with the mental game of uh, a child exploring her boundaries. Uh, I try to have to have a very passive reaction to Mara's fascination with our cat's uh, Theodore's food bowl and only intervene <laughs> when she's actually getting ready to take a bite of the meaty morsels in gravy that he has in there. Um, I don't want to see her reaching for that bowl and gets this big reaction from mom and dad like, oh, no, like, oh, get away from that, because I feel like that'll just feed that desire even more. For sure. Um, although the cat is definitely eating her food, so maybe we're better off if they just kind of share. I'm not
1: sure. Yeah, two birds, one stone. Just feed both both of them at once, one bowl. You know, no no big deal there. <laughs> <Yeah>. but... <laughs> it's baby led weaning, I think. Is exactly. that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah, cat led how, weaning. I always wondering what that meant. So. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> think what that is. Um, no, but that, that's really really exciting. The crawling, and, and I feel like one of the great things about reaching the crawling uh, stage is that. It really helps boredom to subside because then, Mm -hmm. you know, rather your kid being there either sitting or lying on their back or lying on their stomach and upset with all three options, they're on the move, exploring, and it kind of makes them a happier camper.
0: Yeah, 100%. She is starting to, like, crawl up the stairs in our kitchen that, like, go up onto our landing and everything, so she can't quite get her big fat baby legs up on the step yet but yeah. uh, it's getting close and it's it's uh we're going to need some more baby gates I'll put it that way I am going to say
1: Lakewood 1920 houses are not conducive to child rearing so yeah, yeah. you'll need gates all over the place well you
0: just, just wait until we go in for her one year appointment in October and we can get the lead levels tested maybe I'll tell you even more about the Lakewood houses not being <laughs> appropriate for kid rearing I look forward to that are we going to end this show on that dark note of lead poisoning <laughs> uh, so
1: perfect not unless you have something else know, that's,
0: unfortunately that's it uh, so we'll uh, we'll see you guys uh, for the next episode we got part two of our exciting interview with uh, Thomas Fletcher coming up so uh, until then uh, you know enjoy yourselves and uh, try not to screw your kids up too bad thanks for listening if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe, and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much.